Live coming to you from one of the most interesting, powerful, longest surviving radio stations out there. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Chad, I'm sitting in for Pete Callender. Hope Pete's having a great time out there in the land of the free and home of the brave. 704-570-1110-570-1110 if you want to get on the conversation today. Talking about a lot of things. I'll get to some fun stuff, too. You know, as I'm as I'm looking, <laughs> yes, yes, I watched the Super Bowl yesterday. I was intrigued. You know, you, you always have this little bit of intrigue. I, I am an infinitely curious person. I have a sense of wonderment that, that borders on the the insane and the attention span of a gnat. So you combine those two together, it, it's easy to get fascinated. I'm looking for commercials that are interesting and profound. And, and I looked through them, and there weren't there – were, there was like the Schwarzenegger-Salma Hayek one was kind of interesting. The Sopranos one I thought was well done. Not you know I guess they're trying to say that the new mobsters will drive electric vehicles. I don't know, or that that, that the two kids survive the ending of the Sopranos and they're still alive and well. I you know I I'm trying to track some of this stuff. And in the Super Bowl mid the, the show, this is what's so I, I'm watching Twitter while watching the show and I'm seeing how people are reacting to stuff. So I knew that the the big the 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 earth shattering kaboom. That was going to take place was the Super Bowl, the the mid the, the show, the halftime show. You know, it happens to be that there's this big, sh- there's this short show that is bookended by w- what's called a football game on either side, involving you know Cincinnati and the uh, LA team. So, in SoFi Stadium, big one, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, all these big names, Fifty Cent hanging upside down. But there was going to be a stark divide in the that defines things. I mean, a comedian not too long ago, you know, said hey, you know, when someone says when you say you're old, like, how old are you without telling your age? Are you like didn't have a cell phone in high school old? Because that's kind of a line, you know, in the 80s if that that delineates you. And this Super Bowl show did the exact same thing. If you were not, uh, you know, kind of of age in the 20s, you know. Or early, if you weren't in the early 20s and teens in the 90s, then that Super Bowl show was as far removed from you as, like, you know, the Beatles would be to people who came of age in the 80s or something. Not even the Beatles. Less that. So watching that, you saw all these people. They were like, oh, my God, it was off the hook. It was amazing. It was so good. Oh, it just reminded me back to, like, blah, 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 blah. And then you saw another said, what the actual hell just happened? What the what the what was that? And it wasn't a political divide. It was a cultural divide. And it wasn't even black and white. It was fascinatingly sterile with respect to black and white. It was absolutely a before and after. Now, there was some controversy in there. They, you know, Dre wasn't supposed to say a line about cops. It was from his 90s song. Uh, Eminem wasn't supposed to take a knee. He did. I saw him take a knee, but I thought he was I thought he was taking a knee because of Dre getting on the piano. Like, hey, he's cool. Look at Dre. But no, everyone else was like, oh, he did it for Colin flipping Kaepernick. You know, it, uh, and I didn't care. I don't really care. It's not that much a part of my life. I think most of America didn't see it, didn't care. They saw it when they saw the stories. But that was the the show was if you're if you're a hip hop person, the urbanization of the music scene and that's the hip hop deal, then you got it. You absolutely got it. If not, you didn't. And it didn't resonate. And it's not racial. It wasn't a racial thing, although it looked that way. There wasn't too much diversity. I mean, I guess Eminem was kind of the token white guy in the show, but it was. (laughs) But you can't. I can say that you can't say that, but I can say that because it's true. So, and then now the, I do have a story for you later in the run, not right now, but in, later in the show where I, I do want to get to one of the controversies that no one heard about having to do with avocados. It's a funny story to me, funny, not funny, but 
still will make you turn your head sideways like a dog hearing a whistle. So we appreciate you sticking around for that part, which will be later in the broadcast. I, I do want to get some serious. If you want to get on the conversation again, it's uh, 704-570-1110. Now, getting into, now, if you, anything you want to talk about, if it's something you're, it's on your brain, it's like burning a hole in, in your mind right now, and you're like, oh, I just want to say something. Or it's like, hey, I disagree with you or I agree with you. Whatever it is, you give us a call, you right to the front of the line. We'll move you right to the front of the line. That's one of now, Ryan, I don't know if you're messing with me because when you say caller Chad wants to talk about the Super Bowl, it almost like I'm I'm calling myself to talk about the Super Bowl. But anyway, Chad, go ahead and welcome to the show. How's it going today? It is moderately neato, man. It's awesome. Hey, I guess I'm kind of confused. When you look at the Super Bowl, majority of the players are African American. The entertainment, ninety nine percent African American. Uh don't know what to say. But we don't have enough diversity in the management. That's what the big story was today that even Biden commented on. Yeah, but but okay. it's interesting. What's, so here's the question. I think you're right. I think you're spot on. The question becomes, what's the level? Are we supposed to look at the a certain structure that has a percentage of Hispanic, Asian, uh, indigenous, non, you know, Native American, or white? And, and if so, Eastern European, Western European. What's the proper number. I mean, even this racial equity position in Charlotte, what they're trying to do there with this inclusivity stuff. What's the well, right I, number? I think you've got to look at the population and look at the dynamics as far as what the African American community does and how they relate to society. It's just like when it comes to lending. You look at advertising, it's focused a lot towards African Americans because they spend more of their take-home income. And that is a market. I mean, it's not like somebody's doing them favors. They just want to take the money out of their pocket. And should there be a percentage of white players on football playing uh, football fields and basketball courts based on the population? I mean, if it's got to be that way with management, shouldn't be that way in the field. You would think. Here's the thing. One thing about sports that you, you have to appreciate, whether it's, you know, and I have trouble watching the Olympics for political reasons, but what I love about sports is you're rewarding the best performance by a given athlete in a given arena, whether it's, uh, you know, a, a tennis match or a, a baseball, football, soccer, whatever the sport is, even if it's, you know, like tennis one-on-one stuff. You're, it, it ultimately, golf, it rewards the best player, the top performer, the person that puts the most work ethic, who has the, the, the greatest natural skill combined with learned skills. That's what I love about it. So, no, I would say one thing that sports should teach us that's not teaching us, it's weird when you watch the left spin of ESPN, which has become very political, is I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that we, we, we look forward to the greatest performance and the greatest performers. And yet, when we start talking about the management of the NFL, we want to throw all that out and say, well, we, we would well, like for there to be some race-based preferences in the hiring practices. And, and set is it wrong to say that African Americans, on average, are far superior athletes? Ooh, Jimmy the, the Greek got fired are. for that kind of thought. You can't. You know what? Is that wrong? You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. That's something that'll get true. you. The, I, it, it doesn't matter. Truth is irrelevant in discussions about race. Don't it? Because the, the implication. You can't say it is because you can't go on the other side of that. That's why. 
It, it, it is. It is. I am just saying it's a societal thing. I think to your point about money and the you, throwing everybody into one general category. Here's what I believe. I believe that we are diverse enough. Forget race for a second. Let's say let's just go with whites. Whites are diverse enough. We go from white trash, trailer trash to redneck to to upwardly mobile to highly educated. There's, there's a broad spectrum, and then apply every race to that: Asian, Indian, Hispanic, Black. The spectrum is wide. And and whether you're inner inner city urban or you're you're you, you play in gangs or whether you know you're living in Brentwood, these are it, it's a wide spectrum out there. And I think these generalizations are where we get us in trouble. <laughs> man, Ryan picks up on subtleties. Man, great song by the way. Whether you loved or hated the halftime show, that song. It's just, it's about making it and getting over the edge. And I know Eminem's a leftist wackadoo, but that's like that's a lack of profound depth on political things. Nonetheless, with us right now, I'm Chad Adams sitting in for Pete Callender here at News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Get on the conversation, 704-570-1110, 570-1110. George, thank you for holding, and I'll get you right in. What's on your brain today about that Super Bowl show? Well, to, to start off with the thing, it was like... Uh, it was the glass ball I was talking about. But there's only 31 of those jobs that are out there, or 32, how many of the teams there are, you know, to, to run a team. So you gotta, you gotta think about that. And, and the part of the fact is you're gonna hire the best person for the job unless you're trying to dump. As far as the show itself, I, I saw every diversification and it seemed like it was anti-white, anti-anti, uh, Oh God, what was more? It just—it just, seemed like it, it was kind of pushing us away, and, and, and the whole—the whole pregame show and all that, which I didn't watch at all, but it really just seemed to kind of target a a, a response, so to speak. Like I'm trying to get when I walk into Harris Teeter here in a minute with my shirt, it says "We the People are Ticked." I was going to say the other word, but uh, you know that—that's <laughs> it. I mean, the Super Bowl itself was a pretty good game, I thought, and. and but it, it's just the political aspect of it. It seemed like they were throwing it down your throat, and I really didn't enjoy that part of it. Uh, as, you know, as far as what's, what's some, what I'm really upset about is what's you know what's going on in the country. We got to uh, fix the election, obviously. We got to fix that, and I'm involved in so many ways. But Facebook, you know, has taken me down for mentioning high the court print and all that. So I'm really involved. I wish I could call in more with you guys. I listen. But uh, by the time I'm done working, my voice is gone just like yours. So uh, I just wanted to reach out to you guys and say I appreciate your show and everything, and hopefully I can get back in one day and talk to you guys again. But uh, another thing, if you don't want to see if you don't want to see racism and, and people playing, go to the playground before they're indoctrinated. That's where you actually see kids reacting the way they should. So thanks yeah. for the show, man. Love to listen. Thank you. God bless. Well, George, I appreciate you, number one, listening. Uh, obviously, a longtime listener to Pete and, and and guest host as well and, and a WBT listener, so thanks for that. And and good luck at Harris Teeter. You know, you're going in there. Uh, you know, grocery stores, it's funny. Grocery stores over the past two years have become the manifestation of political uh, frustration. It's kind of weird. Tell me if I, you've walked in. We talked about grocery. I love grocery stores. 
because you got all the different diversity of, of products. Forget diversity of people, products. But you can tell, you could tell early on when the masking came about, people started walking further away. Remember when the grocery stores had the one had directionals, like you could only go down the the I don't know the coffee aisle one way, and you had to go up the the canned goods aisle the other way, and you had to zigzag through. You had to go the same direction. And if you were at the end of an aisle, you're like, oh my god, I forgot peanut butter, and I had to go back. Oh my gosh, I got to walk. In theory, I would have to walk all the way back around another down aisle to come up the peanut butter aisle, even though it was like twenty. Five feet from where I'm standing, that that was bizarre enough. But it got more bizarre when people started having natural immunity. In other words, they had COVID, they were done. Why are they having to mask up? They're not protecting other people. They're not protecting themselves. There were so many different aspects of it, and there were people I saw lecturing other people for not having a mask on. It became kind of this status thing with the representation of freedom. He had one that I, Hey, look, I eat, live and breathe everything. The news tells me, and I'm going to wear a mask. As long as Fauci tells me, I'm going to put three or four of them on. I'm going to triple vax. I'm going to wear a hood on my head. I'm going to wear a face shield and I'm going to fuss everybody out. That doesn't do exactly what I do because I'm a sheep. And so then you had other folks. They were like, look, I've taken every reasonable precaution. Maybe I've had it. I'm triple vax. Uh, we're at the end of the pandemic here. And now I'm talking about in the fall after Delta, but before Omicron, People were more and more people, especially down in coastal North Carolina and even in Florida where I was traveling. Uh, they were like, hey, we're living. We're, we're going to take reasonable risk with our life. We drive in a car every day. We can get crushed in our car. We, can, we do all these other things, relative risk with respect to mortality, and they move on. And everything became political. To George's point, the every, a lot of stuff before the show, you know, you could say, well, it's Black History Month, and that's why they put it all in, but the Super Bowl is always in Black History Month, because every February is Black History Month. But this show, it, it's a subtlety of political intrigue. It's a subtlety about race. It's a subtlety about the way we look at things. You know, they, they put it in there. It's, it's, it's like he said, there was, there was an urbanization to the Super Bowl this time. Could have been that it was in L.A. I don't know. And that the, the L.A. is much easier to do set designs when it's right there in your backyard. I don't know. But, it, but you picked up on it. And there's a, there is a resentment that gets bred in this. And to his point, I do want to add something else. He talked about there's only 31 or two. He was referring to coaching jobs, 31, 32 jobs, head coaching jobs, but there's offensive defensive coordinators and all the ancillary staff. These organizations are massive. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys alone is a $5 billion enterprise, so or at least worth to buy it. So these are massive things. And, and, and bringing the race issue forth inside that, you know, if anything should be based on performance, it's that. And, and, and this cuts both ways. And I say this, I'm going to try to get this in before the break because I know we're, we're up against a break here. But imagine you're someone that gets hired, whether you say you're white and you get hired and you know, you know, when you get down to the, you, you, you thought you worked really hard to get this position, but you got it because of some kind of race number. You would forever be haunted by that. You would always wonder if you were good enough. And that's one of the bad, that's one of the, the, the lagging problems with this is that people ultimately would have to know if we get into race-based hiring, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. I hope we never go back to race-based hiring. I hope we don't. It looks like there's a lot of people in Charlotte that want to push for that. There's a lot of people in these inner cities who want to push. It never really solves anything. We're really in a post-racial, amazing America. We really are. You know, whenever the Biden administration, they talk about white supremacy, what they're really trying to do is link Republicans to white supremacy. There isn't a white, because they never name the white supremacists they're after. They never name the individuals. It's always white supremacy is a great threat, the domestic terrorists. They're trying to link Republicans to that. They're trying to make the party. The problem is Hispanics, blacks, Every group out there is moving to the right 
as they experience, they interpret their own freedom and realize they're being led. They don't like that. They want they think for themselves, and they're going to the right on their own, not because they're being forced to. A uh, couple of things. One, and I want to get to caller Jeff. Stand by. I'll be with you in just a second. Just a shout out. You know, having worked with a variety of producers over over time, I do want to give a shout out to Ryan, who does a spectacular job. The mark of a great producer is understanding the the, the method and madness of a given host, whether it's a guest host or the the the, the long guy that's there, uh, the person, female or male, whatever that they get, they understand the host. Ryan does an exceptional job of of getting it, predicting it, reading it, and and it's very appreciated. I just want to give a shout out to him. Now, Jeff. Oh, well, there you are. Well, Brian, okay. And, and anytime you want to chime in, ma'am, but I just want to say thanks because you got it. I mean, that thing with Eminem you pulled while I was talking about it, impressed. Now, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in here on the Pete Callender Show, talking to Chad Adams. How are you? Yeah, top of the afternoon. Hope everything's well today. It is peachy keen, man. <clears throat> That's right. Sunshine and we're happy. That's right. Uh, a quick comment on the Super Bowl. I thought it was fairly okay. I mean, I know the songs and I know the artists. And I know all the things back from the nineties and stuff like that. So it was okay in that sense. But still, so, so I got to ask Jeff. I'm, I'm going to play Jeff. I'm going to play the part of a carny here. Are you fifty-ish? I am fifty-nine. Okay, so little little on the on the other side. So uh, yeah, I get. I'm with you. I keep going. So I listened to Snoop Dogg and Fifty Cent and all that stuff, and I know all the songs. But what I did not like uh, about it, obviously, that. Uh, was the I didn't get the hanging upside down thing. <laughs> I that, didn't that kind of threw me a loop. Uh, it didn't make any sense to me. Uh, also, the fat cheerleaders uh, were unexplainable too. Uh, also, I noticed I look. I went back and watched the halftime show a couple of times over because I DVR'd it, and they were not playing the instruments. They were playing the instruments, but they weren't part of it was the a lip, It was a lip sync. It was a lip sync thing. Lip sync instruments. And yeah. the massive, the massive keyboard on top wasn't even the keyboard. So I feel like we got kind of gypped a little bit on the Super Bowl show because we, we weren't getting true performances. And I even noticed a couple of times uh, Snoop Dogg, uh, his singing did not match up with what was playing. So, uh, for that reason, I give the Super Bowl halftime show an F. Because <laughs> it's not the first because, time that's been lip synced or dubbed or whatever. Yeah, but so. what, what I think should happen, won't they really come out there and play it like they do in a concert and, and play it real life and, and not have all this production and, and be true to how they started with that and, and not have this fake stuff and these fake drums and these fake people and people hanging upside down by their feet and stuff. It makes no sense. You kind of hit it on the head. It's a stage production more than it is. It's a show, not a concert. And, and there's a distinction. A few years back, Prince. Remember how good Prince halftime oh. show was? Well, he was Prince, so I mean. Oh, that was fantastic. On. Yeah, but you yeah. take. It's just you know, Fifty Cent now is not. He's pretty. I call him Fluffy Cent because he has gained some weight. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, and, due to inflation, he's a dollar twenty-five cents, right? So. And Dr. Dre reminds me of somebody I see and have breakfast at uh, Denny's on Sunday morning just after church. 
Uh, he, uh, Dre, Dre is amazingly successful. I mean, a producer, yeah, a writer, the guy's a legend. Yeah. And you're right. And the whole 50 Cent hanging upside down thing, uh, you know, Curtis flips over and comes back up. And the overweight trailers, be careful. You know, it's uh, gravitationally challenged or weight challenged. I don't know what it is, but that's a, that's a whole thing that we're trying to normalize things that would otherwise be considered not as aesthetically pleasing. Remember, it's not just equity. It, it's equity across the board. Part of And you hit it on the head. When you looked at those cheerleaders, over the past two years, what have we not been talking about much? We know that one of the most significant indicators that you may struggle with COVID of any form is weight. And yet we have not been telling Americans, lose 20 or 30 pounds, step away from the buffet a little bit, get healthier, get out and exercise. One of the greatest things you can do, vitamin D and be in better shape, but you don't don't want to embarrass or shame anybody. You can't shame them. And instead, it's actually saving their life. And I, I know I just don't understand some of that, and I don't understand too. I don't think Snoop Dogg is relevant right now. Does he have any hits? I don't think Dr. Dre has any hits. I know Eminem has Jack nothing, and I know it's a throwback. Uh, what's that? It's a throwback. This wasn't about it. They'd be I know, but uh, come on, they can, <laughs> they're good enough. They can have some kind of good music. But I mean, I like the music because I used to listen to it a lot. But right, the, the overstage production just ruined it for me it it, it 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 if you paid attention if you're a purist then this was it was not a concert it was a show and it was you know it was all props it was props and and gyrating around and 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 yeah you can if you just shut your eyes and listen to music you know the music you didn't have to see all the production if, stuff. if you've ever looked at some pictures of compton california that's exactly where this was based out of this is the whole premise with that those storefronts and those cars and all that stuff that's, did you that's get did you get from. that on the field that it was a map of like compton and stuff did you i mean it was that's compton, what I california were, definitely 100 yeah. percent. yeah okay well man but a I'll lot tell of you people what. don't understand that observant Observant, observant, observant. Appreciate you being a part of the show, man. Jeff, thank Thanks. you for listening and calling. Again, you want to get on the conversation? Look, it's opened up apparently the Super Bowl. Not, not the actual athletic event, but all of the intricacies within it from the people who didn't wear a mask in a place that is supposedly mask enforced uh, to you know the the commercials that may or may not have hit. I thought a lot of them struck out. The thing with Bitcoin or whatever, with the little the little photo scanned, uh, you know, QC code, QR code. Sorry, the QR code. You know, it took you about thirty five seconds before you realized what the hell was going on, and you took your phone and you're like, ah, I get fifteen dollars worth of something, and it lasts for forty eight hours. If but it did crash. So you know those commercials are a thing. The show obviously was be has become more of a discussion point, a flashpoint, so to speak. Not as bad as the Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake uh, fiasco years ago, but something nonetheless. It's still, And it was a lot better than the meandering of the weekend through the mirrored house of house of mirrors from the carnival. Anyway, I could go on. I loved it. We, we were going for a no-hitter today. We were. And then got caught up in the call. Love callers. Got caught up in the time. But Boomer's a great guy. So. All's forgiven. Get ready to head to the top of the hour. You're a part of the broadcast always. You guys move to the front of the line no matter what topic I've got in front of me. You know, Ryan says, hey, we've got a caller. You're going to move to the front of the line. Appreciate all the feedback. You know, who would have thought? You know, I find these people digging up stuff. It's funny. You know, the attacks on Joe Rogan are ridiculous. I, I love that CNN is so desperate now that they're going after Joe Rogan almost daily. Joe Rogan with tens of millions of listeners to a flipping podcast, CNN, an institution that's been around since the early 80s. And it's amazing. They've, they've 
gone so far down that they're so desperate that they have to attack a single, the entire network has to attack a single podcaster just to be relevant. Here's the, and, and this is, this is how desperate it is. It's them hitting up. They're trying to hit up to drag themselves to Rogan's level of popularity. I, you know, that eating raw turnips a bit more popular than CNN right now. It's, it's one of those things. It just, <laughs> It's just hilarious to watch them you know, kind of make fun of themselves and, and caricature themselves and going after Joe Rogan. And he's just, you know, hitting it out of the park. He gets every time they take a swipe at him, he becomes he picks up like ten thousand more listeners. It, it everybody's like, hey, CNN, come pick a fight over here. Over here. You're making you're you're destroying the left's narrative every day that you attack someone like Joe Rogan. And the, the irony is a lot of the attacks are like, look at what Joe Rogan said here, or look at what he said back there. Now, remember, Rogan was a, I think he was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Rogan is no iconic right winger. Joe's, Joe's just fascinated with conversation and perspectives. Does it, it, you know, whether he's talking about UFOs and Bigfoot or he's talking about race or politics. The, the problem is when he doesn't swallow the Kool-Aid on a given narrative, that's why he becomes a target of the political left and they need to undo. How dare you have all these objective viewpoints? You're not allowed to have that. We didn't say you could do that. I mean, if you're Fox News, we allow you just because you're Fox News. But Joe Rogan, we can't let you survive. We can't. So it, it becomes kind of this laughing stock to, to be that way. Not just as, as I'm watching, it's just mine. Now, now, the reason I said that, there was a reason, and I had to remind myself, attention span of a net, is that Ro- they go back to Rogan and say, look at where he used the N-word. Look at where he said this. and Look at where he said this. Well, it, that's funny because they don't apply that rule to their own. They don't apply it to the Ted Danson, to the Governor Northam. They don't apply it to go, you know, uh, Trudeau in Canada. They don't apply it to Jimmy Kimmel. They don't apply it to these the people that are in their camp because if you drink their Kool Aid, they're very forgiving. They're very openly and loving as long as you agree with them. If not, it's off with the head. And it's just funny because. Last night, so the left pretty much didn't have any trouble with the Super Bowl show. They're not going to. A lot of folks on the right didn't. There were certain people, if you're above a certain age or liked a certain kind of music, then then things happened. And there were a number of people on the right that went back and looked at, look at what Dre used to say. Look at what Eminem said. Look at what they went after everything that these people said as if that's a way to castigate them. But they're on the left. They're drinking the Kool-Aid. Nobody's going to go after them for that. It's only Joe Rogan. Or or someone on the right. If they're absolutely, if you're on the right, it's fair game. If you're on the left, you can do, you can say, you can wear, you can you can say, you can be joy, you can be joy Behar, joy Reed, you can be a couple of joys. So you can do any number of things. Joey, joy. So just worth mentioning there. That that's what you're seeing as as people are understanding what's going on. You want to get on the conversation at seven zero four. 570-1110, here at News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Now, I went through the Joe Rogan stuff, uh, but I I haven't gotten to the avocado story. I promise third hour is avocado story. Third hour will be avocado story. I do want to get to this Hillary Clinton situation. And it's not that it's her. I mean, she's irritating enough, and the whole there's so much. You know, it, it wouldn't it be fascinating to know if, if Hillary Clinton ever just said, you know what, I'm done. I can't drink another glass of wine to hide how broken I am. I'm going to just come clean about all the crap I know about Jeffrey Epstein. I'm going to come clean about everything I knew about Benghazi. I'm going to come clean about my email servers and the, and the bleaching of it. I'm going to come clean about the Tammy Wynette standing by your man in the early 90s when my husband was a scoundrel. I'm going to come clean about all of this stuff. I'm going to come clean about us setting up Trump and trying to stick the, the phony dossier on him. I'm just going to hell. I'm going to hold 
the most, and I'm going to do it on Joe Rogan's show, or better yet, Pete Callender's show. But wouldn't it be fascinating if she held that press conference? It would be the most listened to press conference in history. I mean, you would be able to hear a pin drop in every news bureau in the world. Hillary Clinton's going to do a tell-all news conference and answer every question honestly. <laughs> and straightforward. No twisting. No depending on what the definition of the word is, is a straight up, here's what the hell happened. And here's what here's the real story. Why I was tripping and falling and collapsing during the presidential campaign. Why I couldn't come out because I was drunk as a nine-eyed bat during, you know, when Donald Trump won. I just could I I stumbled around. I was laying on the floor weeping for hours and days. You know, what if what would it be fascinating to hear that? The absolute truth about all – forget the conspiracy stuff and the people disappearing and being buried in the desert and stuff. I'm talking about what do you know about Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell? What do you know about this server? What did you know about your, your email servers being bleached? I mean a lot of even tech people are like, what the hell, bleach? She bleached a server? How the hell do you do that? But this story, Special Counsel John Durham, this is from the Washington Examiner, so far – Empty syndrome from, I mean, just a nothing blank stare from CNN, MSNBC, the three-letter news networks about this John Durham stuff. Very little. I, I, I put a tweet out there a couple hours ago. I said, okay, name, basically, name the highest-ranking Democrat that has made comments about this story. Because it's a huge story. Everyone's like, tell me, tell me, who is it? Who is it? As if I was asking the question and going to answer it. Or they were saying, is this a joke? Is this rhetorical? No, I'm serious. Anybody, please respond. Let me know high-ranking Democrats that have commented about spying on a sitting president domestically and the degree to which our own intelligence agencies were involved in this, FBI, CIA, whatever. And I say any of them, what to what extent were they involved? Special Counsel John Durham, who has been investigating the origins of the Russiagate hoax, for the past year, confirmed in court filing last week that former President Donald Trump was illegally spied upon, illegally spied upon, I could repeat it 50 times, by associates of Hillary Clinton in order to delegitimize his election victory and presidency. In the filing, which was obtained by the Washington Examiner, Durham said he was he has evidence that, quote, technology executive number one, known to be former uh, New Star Senior Vice President Rodney Joff worked with indicted Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman to exploit Internet traffic data and access, quote, dedicated servers for the executive office of the president of the United States. Joff then, quote, exploited this arrangement by mining and EOP's DNS traffic and other data for the purpose of gathering derogatory information about Donald Trump. This, I mean, in other words, the Clinton campaign deliberately funded and ordered Sussman and it's other lawyers at Perkins Coie to monitor Trump and his allies, even after he took office, by any means necessary. The man they hired for this job, Joff, hacked into private servers and exploited relationships he had with private companies to gather data. This is the kind of insidious – I mean, it's borderline treason. If a foreign country had done this, if a foreign nation had done this, it would almost be an act of war. This is criminal. It's treasonous. And they should take these people down like the scumbags they are. Excuse my language there. Third hour getting ready to be underway here on the Pete Callender Show. I'm your guest host, Chad Adams. I'll be back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back at News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT. WBT. 